Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. Hear the Holy Gospel from the Gospel of St. Matthew, Chapter 9. As Jesus was walking along, He saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me, and he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. While he was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader of the synagogue came in and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus got up and followed him with his disciples. Then suddenly a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take our daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. When Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion, he said, Go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in, and took her by the hand, and the girl got up, and the report of this spread throughout that district. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, O Christ. Christ. I begin the sermon in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. And I have to apologize. We got here kind of late. I had looked up the time of the start of this service I don't know how many times because I have this thing about being there on time and before time. And somehow it was in my head, nine o'clock was the time. We got here like I usually get in any church that I'm serving a half hour before, and here all of you were in church, probably tapping your foot and looking at your watch. Where is he? So I'm sorry, I got it messed up. And I begin the sermon again in the name of Jesus our Lord. Jesus walked by. And he said to Matthew, follow me. And Matthew, so hated by his fellow Jews, got up from the tax booth and did just that. He followed Jesus. There was no contract. No discussion of pay, no discussion of health insurance, no promised day off, 
No discussion of vacation time. No signing bonuses. Matthew just got up and followed. There's no way to tell in most biblical stories, unless we are told in the text, the time that transpires between many events. Is it minutes? Is it days? Is it months? Is it years? Lots of times we are not told. And in this instance particularly, how much time transpired, do you think, between the call to Matthew and the needs of the people that came suddenly into the experience of Jesus and Matthew? When did it happen? How fast did it happen? In my mind, if it's like parish ministry, it happened just like that. The doors are always open. The time is never according to the clock, and you are there to serve and serve and serve, and some of us just love it all. And so they came. A leader of the synagogue came to Jesus. The holy people came, and they knelt before Jesus and the father of that young lady who was very ill and had died, probably said with great emotion, my daughter has just died. I can't imagine spitting those words out. Come, lay a hand on her, and she will live. Was that immediately after the call to Matthew as he sat in the tax booth or had time passed. I have a hunch it was immediate. The call came, Matthew got up and followed Jesus, and then human need hit them square in the face. I say then, big bang, with hardly a time to take a breath, the woman came up just wanting to touch the fringe of Jesus' cloak, believing just by the touch she would be healed from her hemorrhage. And all the while this was going on, the flute players kept playing their tunes. And the people made commotion, and sickness is sickness, but holy cow, people, what are you thinking? There comes a time when we need to acknowledge the gravity of every human situation. Hard, I think, to laugh your way through death. Hard, I think, to laugh your way through serious sickness. Our son has a good friend. They both live in Grand Marais, Minnesota. And he was on a trip to Ireland and he had a condition when he went over, and he checked with the doctors, and they said, it's okay to go. So he went with his wife, and they got to Ireland, and all of a sudden things started happening. He went to see the doctors, and they said, you better get home as quick as possible. So they got a ticket for the next flight home and came back to Minnesota. He checked in with the doctors almost immediately, and they did seven-hour surgery on his brain. The cut goes from ear 
to ear. They sent us pictures. And now he is facing radiation therapy. And they made a cloak for him that goes over the head and down to mid-chest. And the cloak is to make sure that when the radiation is turned on, they hit the right spot. But he's covered over. And if you can't stand being closed in, that's a pretty difficult thing to do. I don't sense there's any laughter in that at all. I don't sense people should be playing tunes while that's going on in other people's lives. Our hearts should bleed for those who go through suffering. In Jesus' day, the flute players kept playing their tunes and the people kept making a commotion, hardly realizing that someone had just died and someone was very sick. You know, there's a part of me as a parish pastor because I had to listen so often to those who want to make speeches at funeral services. They turned me inside out, generally. It was always a task to be funny. And I always wanted to say, what's so funny? Somebody died. Recognize it. Somebody is going through suffering. No that that is what is going on. Jesus saw it all. He knew what was going on. He knew that death is death and sickness is sickness and making music and commotion just doesn't fit. And so he was bold enough, I can't imagine me saying anything like this, but he was bold enough to say to the people in the house, go away. Leave. Get out of here. And then he went into the little girl's room and took her by the hand, and she was raised back to life. And the crowd laughed. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? The events of Jesus' day, make me wish, I have to tell you, make me wish, and I have nothing to say about anything, with I, to wish with all my heart that the dead all around our world would come back to life. Those who have died from warfare, and I can hardly stand looking at the pictures of the warfare, that is happening right before our eyes every night on the news. There are those who die of starvation, the little babies with ribs sticking out, who will die. The brutality that is all over our world and the disease and even the rigors of old age, and I'm beginning to understand what that is. Why can't the sobs be stopped? Why can't all the dead be brought back to life? If it happened once, 
Why can't it happen now? Reality is we live in a world where sickness is sickness, and there's no way around it. During my pastoral days, I made hospital calls every afternoon. There were two hospitals in Sheboygan, and we always had people in those hospitals, but they also went to Milwaukee and Madison for treatment, and every afternoon I made hospital calls. It was my routine, and it never varied. In this world, death is death, and sadness is sadness. We live in a world where trains crash together, as they did in India. We live in a world where people get shot when they're at a picnic in a park. We live in a world where diseases happen and where people die. We live in a world where speeding cars hit people and drive away. We live in a world where mountains erupt and tornadoes blow and floods wash away homes. We live in a world where drones fly over strategic military bases, but also the homes of civilians in private homes and in apartment buildings and the drones drop their bombs and fly away. And we're so proud when we shoot one of the drones down. But it's all about death. It's all about suffering. It's all about human pain. How often can we stand looking at that and do nothing except groan or gasp or even wipe away our own tears. It's a tough world. Over the years, I've been asked many times by young men and women what it takes to be a pastor. And I always gave the same answer. I always said, feel it in your gut. It's not built upon how bright you are how well you can translate the original languages of Hebrew and Greek, how well you know exactly how to conduct a worship service. And I will tell you, when I was at the seminary, we were told how to hold our hands in the chapel, no fig leaf stuff, this kind of stuff. We were told how to turn corners when you were at the altar. We were told how to speak and how not to speak, and how to dress, and how not to dress. We were told every little bit of worship-making, and we followed it to a T. And now I look back, and was that really that vital? I ask myself. Tom Hanks, you know that name? Sure you do. He's a movie actor. And he spoke at the commencement services or celebration at Harvard University in Maine. Did you read about it or hear about it? I've read his speech, I think, now three or four times. 
It's filled with many quips. His mind must operate on lightning speed. And it's fascinating to read. But his one big point to the students of Harvard, and he couldn't have said those words in a better place, truth is sacred. That's what he said. And our republic is built on truth. So live and speak truth. And it's for everybody to decide. It's not an option. It's a necessity to speak truth. I couldn't agree more. And as I said, I read his speech, and it's much longer than his sermon today. I read his speech, I think, three or four times. It is something to read. I recommend it highly. What can we, you, me, add to this age? What can we give that will stop the sickness and stop the starvation and stop the dying and stop the lying? What can we do? There is something we can do in every situation of our lives, and don't minimize it. We can follow the two great commandments, far shorter than Tom Hanks' speech. They are brief, but Jesus says they are the two great commandments. And if Christians like you and a Christian like me finally get the meaning and live according to those words, we have a chance in this world of making it different. The two great commandments are, I bet you know them, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And we need to remind people in the Christian church these days, thinking is not a sin. There are those who want to tell us what books to read, what should be taught in our classrooms. They want to tell us every step along the way. Wrong. Learning is learning. And what you learn today helps to face tomorrow. The second great commandment, what is it? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And wouldn't that solve this world's issues quickly? I don't know if it can ever be achieved, but that's our goal. Keep God present in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, and love others as we love ourselves. Now, I think we need lots of help in doing that, don't you? I need lots of help in doing that. I have my foibles, and I have things I like and dislike, and I have been known to make what I like and dislike known. Shame on me. Best at times to keep your mouth shut. But anyway, 
Those are the things that Jesus points us to himself. And we need help. And God will help us. God will give us the power, the strength, the patience to love him first or her first and love others as we love ourselves. Can we pledge to one another, let's give it a good college try? Can we say to one another, yeah, we're in that battle, and I don't care if they laugh, and I don't care if they play tunes, and I don't care if the world makes a commotion. This is where we are. This is what we do, and this is what we stand for. And I pray that every congregation that calls itself, and I don't care if you calls yourself Lutheran or Christian or whatever, but I pray that every congregation stands for that first and above all. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love others as you love yourself. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaukee County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.